Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Well, I'm glad you came to church on Easter. Happy Easter. And those who came on Friday, we had a great time here together uh, celebrating around the weekend that is a highlight in our Christian lives. Because it is around this event that we could come into right standing with God Almighty. Amen? Not religion, not philosophy, not good works, not good behavior, but the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. And... Um, I want to share a few things this morning on this topic of what was accomplished on Easter. And first of all, it says in Corinthians that to preach the message, and I'm reading out of the, uh, the um, TNT, the, the uh, passion, the TPT, I beg your pardon. The Passion Bible. So, come on, get a little bit passionate with me this morning, okay? This is the Passionate Bible. A very good translation that I can recommend. Not just a paraphrase, but a really good study of the original uh, Greek text. To preach the message of the cross seems like sheer nonsense to those who are on their way to destruction. But, say, to us, who are on our way to salvation, it is the mighty power of God released within us. So we see that to some, it's foolishness. To some, this message of the cross is nonsense. It, it represented the, 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 the punishment of a criminal. It was a degrading of a person, humiliating them in public. How could this message be preached as the way to God? The Roman philosophers and the Stoic philosophers would argue. I mean, they had the great, powerful gods of thunder and the gods of, of might and Thor and, and the other offerings, uh, gods that they used to bring their blood offerings and drink the blood to receive power. And this was foolishness to them. But to us who have come to a revelation of what the cross meant. It has become the power of salvation. Amen. In Colossians 2 verse 3, it says, The realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp. But now, we've been resurrected out of that realm of death Never to return. Never to return. Did I say that? Never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. Amen. My friend, I want to share with you this morning that there is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. A subject that doesn't get taught often. In fact, some translations even try and skirt around bloody language. 
messy language, butcher shop message language, they call it. You know, they say it was only symbolic. But my friend, it was more than just symbolic. Because the scripture says that the blood of Christ was greater than the blood of goats and animals. The blood of Jesus was superior to Adam, uh, to Abel's blood. It is the cup that Jesus took and said, this is the new covenant. There is power. And if you very gray or very bald, that reminds you of an old song we used to sing. There is power. <laughs> the new version is there is power. There is power in the in the in the okay. There is power in the name of Je- in the blood of Jesus. Amen. And he cancelled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old warrant arrest. <laughs> Don't you love that? This, this guy brings out such a great meaning of uh, that word used in its day around it was a legal uh, an arrest, a courtroom uh, arrest. Warrants that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed into his cross and nailed Permanently there as a public display of cancellation. This is what the cross does. This is what the blood speaks about. To those who are perishing, to those in darkness, it's foolishness. But to those who have seen the revelation of what that cross is and have received it, it is the power that God uses for salvation. So I want to share with you that there is power in the blood. And there's a few things we're going to look at what the blood does for us. The first thing, it's the mercy seat where we are made at one with God. Now, now, now let me just pause there, get your attention. The mercy seat was the golden slab covering over the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle that Israel journeyed with and eventually made its way into the temple. It was the place where only the high priest could go once a year on the Day of Atonement, which so happens to fall on the same Easter weekend, Yom Kippur. Or as a good friend of mine says, Yom Kippur. Weekend where the high priest would go in and blood would be brought in from the sacrifice and sprinkled on the mercy seat as a covering over of the sins of Israel. Because since the fall of man, man had no access into the presence of God. But God had already put a plan in place when He promised through the seed of Messiah that that the nations would be blessed. The seed of Abraham would bring forth a nation. That nation would bring forth Messiah. And they had as a kind of an IOU system, if you like, pointing towards Messiah. And this was called the mercy seat. Now read the scripture with me. Jesus, God-given, Jesus's rather, Jesus's God-given destiny was to be the sacrifice to take away sins. And now he is our mercy seat 
because of his death on the cross. We come to him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. Through Jesus, we now have a mercy seat to be made atonement with God. That word atonement, if you break it up in the English, it is at one, at one minute. We now brought at one minute with God. The second thing that the blood does for us, which we should be familiar with, is our sins are forgiven. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasure of redemption by His blood. The total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of His grace. Isn't that beautiful, the redemption by His blood? You know, redemption is slave language. It's someone who had been bought and put in a slavery situation. For them to be redeemed, a payment had to be made. And whether you know it or not, you and I were slaves. We were slaves to the fallen nature. We were slaves to a lost eternity. We were slaves to being separated from God. And the scripture says that through the blood we received redemption because our sins were totally forgiven. Let me ask you, how many sins did Jesus die for at the cross? Did he only die for my sins up till today? No, he died for all sin. So I can live redeemed. Bought. I've been bought to the payment. At one sense, the, the bail in your life was 10,000, but he paid 100 million. And you say, why? I don't know. Maybe he was just showing off. He could pay overpayment to get you out of your slavery and into freedom. And your freedom cost him something, and it cost the blood. The power in the blood is that you are redeemed. The third thing that the blood does for us is that it reconciles us. Look in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, look around you. Everything is new. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Although you were once distant, say distant, and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to Him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united with Christ. You've been brought into His body. You're one with Him. That's why God's promise to Abraham was to your seed. But that seed was just one, Christ. But when you're in Christ, that promise is for you because we are the seed of Abraham. It was through the bloodline of Abraham. You are in a new bloodline. That new bloodline is the bloodline of the promised covenant through Abraham, through Israel, to Christ. And now it says we've been brought close. We've been brought close to Him. You know, there's nowhere like home. Eh? We go on holidays, trips, or we go away on ministry trips. Even recently, Janet and I were away on a ministry trip to the Philippines and you know, we slept in several different beds over that time and several different airplane seats, some narrower than others. Some of those Chinese are so tight 
tiny, you've got to actually book two seats to fit. But you know, when you get home, put the lights on your bedroom and that familiar smell. In Durban, that's a very musty smell. And you come in and you, you, you turn back and you get in, into your own mattress. And your own, oh man, there's nothing like home, eh? We, we were created, we've got a homing device in us. Like a homing instinct. Like those salmon who swim upstream. Like those birds that fly thousands of kilometers. There's something in us that is attracted to God's presence. Even when we dared in our sins, when we were separated, the Bible says that everything is new and you who were far away have been brought delightfully close. You can't get any better than delightfully close to Him. You have been like a homing pigeon, come home and found your nesting place in the presence of God again. Come on, that's worth an amen. That's what the blood of Jesus has done for you. There's power in the blood of Jesus. The fourth thing that the blood does for us says in Romans chapter 5 that there is still much more to say of His unfailing love for us. Paul couldn't get it all into this one letter. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration You are now righteous in my sight. You are now righteous in my sight. I don't care how you see yourself. God's opinion matters. You are righteous in my sight. You might think you're able to judge someone else for what they did. And someone did this, did that. In God's sight, He chose to relate to them. Not on the basis of what they did, but on the basis of what Christ has done. I'm not saying there's not consequences and all that. Don't. I don't have to qualify everything I'm saying this morning. What I'm saying, in God's sight, you are righteous. The technical word for that is justified. You've been justified. In the courtroom, they didn't just say, we forgive you. They said, we find no evidence against you. There's a very big difference leaving a courtroom knowing you were forgiven or let off for something you did do. Or being acquitted because there's nothing against you. That's what the blood of Jesus did. It didn't just cover over like the mercy seat. It didn't just like IOUs point to a future fulfillment. The mercy seat said, God said enough. And Jesus said, it is finished. And you have been reconciled to God. And He sees you now as righteous. In his sight. Come on. The fifth thing that the blood of Jesus does in giving us a new start, says in Colossians, and by the blood of the cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself. Back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Wow. You have been given a new start. You and I, as Janet shared on the stations of the cross and, and interpreted them through grace, not through religion. She took the several stations of the cross celebrated in some denominations at this time of the year and she filtered them through the finished work of the cross. It was a beautiful picture. It was a beautiful picture that Easter is the beginning of the year. 
you might feel like you've made two mistakes and there's no use even trying to go forward. God says, I'm giving you a new start. You might have heard people say, it's finished, we're over with this, it's a failure, it's never going to succeed. God says, it's the beginning of a new year, it's a beginning of a new season for you, and I make all things new, and with me, mercies are new every morning, and every day, mercies are new, and in me, you are starting from fresh. Every time you look to that cross, you are beginning again. Well, thank you for your great enthusiasm. I must say that meant a lot of me when I penned it. Where are we? Number, number six, we are confident in His presence. And now, we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And He welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm. Say boldly. Boldly and with no hesitation. You see, this was something that was only reserved for the high priest to go in boldly. Even then he went in with fear and trepidation in case he hadn't done the sacraments correctly. The sprinkling of blood. He'd go in. Some historians say that even some priests had ropes tied to their legs as a plan B. So if he got through and didn't ring the bell, they'd quickly drag him back out. I'm not sure, but you know, it makes sense. They went in with fear and trepidation. Unfortunately, in Protestantism, where we understood justification by faith, there's still a lot of people who don't understand that we're all priests. Those, that was the revelation or the Reformation's revolution was the priesthood of all believers and a justification by faith. They got justification by faith pretty well, but the priesthood of all believers never changed because you had this hierarchy and clergy over the people. And unfortunately, it hasn't completely gone away. Because there's still some people who think they've got to go to Prophet Dudab to get a blessing and Prophetess... Uh, mishap, and to teach a diddly-do, and if they don't get to the man of power of the hour, and he's usually the guy on the stage with lots of smoke machine around him, if they don't get to that person for their blessing and get their hands laid on him, they're not going to quite make it. Now that is the same hierarchical problem that you have in religion. The New Testament is about priesthood. It means we all have the same access. We respect uh, church government. We respect church leadership. We respect the gifts. We honor them and welcome them. And they've been given by Christ for our maturity. But we go to God for ourselves. And one of the biggest challenges in ministry is to teach people, stop running to other people to help you in your spiritual things. Now, when you've got a question in the scripture and you're baffling you, sure, that's what we, we're here for. What we care for. But if you've got to run to someone every time you've got a cold, or your child's got a cold, or you, 
scared of the boogeyman or, you know, the gold price changes or the rand dollar. If every time you've got to run to the man of power or the woman of power, then you've misunderstood that you go boldly and with no hesitation. That you have been welcomed right into the most holy sanctuary. Come on. And we've got to believe that. We've got to know that. You are a priest. I'm a priest. Different functions, different levels of maturity, but we have the same access to all God has provided when we put faith in what Jesus has got. There's power in the blood. Amen. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. And finally, victory. I mean, there's a whole lot more. I mean, if you go through your concordance on the blood of Jesus, oh, there are hundreds. And I thought I would. I wouldn't keep you till 12 today. So number 7. Revelations 11. The first part. They conquered him completely. Say they conquered him completely. Now who are these that conquered him completely? Those through the blood of the Lamb and the powerful word of their testimony. Or as the King James says, they overcame him by the blood of Jesus and the Word of their testimony. And what does that all mean? How does that bring me victory? Well, how it brings me victory is that my testimony is Christ is Lord. Man believes in his heart and confesses his mouth. But the blood, overcoming with the blood, means you have a full revelation that you are in the work of Christ. That His blood that was shed was an overpayment for you. His blood that was shed is the confidence with which you go into the presence. His blood that was shed means you are beyond forgiven, but you are justified. You are seen as righteous. When you understand the work, you, you see, overcoming Jesus with the blood is not just screaming louder and louder and louder the word, the blood. You know, that might frighten someone away. You know, if someone's breaking into your house and you ran to the curtain and went, I'll, you know, I'm sure most burglars got enough sense to run away. And I'm, uh, you know, we can combine faith and it's faith that moves God, not how loud we shout. If, you walk, if you've got faith in the blood, you can go to the window and whisper. Because it's not the volume of it, it's the faith in it. So overcoming the enemy is by acknowledging you are covered by the blood. You don't have to get up every morning and cover yourself again. You're perpetually covered. Can, can I tell them a story, Jan? She got a nervous look in her face. <clears throat> so we're in the Philippines, and we get told uh, one day in between when we had, we had some time off, you've got to go snorkeling. Philippines is like a thousand islands, and there's some beautiful barrier reefs. So there we go. Snorkel, goggles. We off to, to go. Get in this little boat, takes us out to a reef. First time my wife was snorkeled since our honeymoon, where she nearly drowned. So here we are now. We get out this boat, and there's this reef, and it's like a little jetty thing. We get off. Uh, what we failed to know, or what we weren't told, or maybe what was written in hieroglyphics, was. Now, the swimming part was easy. You just suck a lot of air in, and you float. And you look down. 
What they didn't tell us was to cover ourselves in the high-factor suntan lotion or even Vaseline or an oil product because, as my darling wife discovered, when she swam into a school of jellyfish lava. Okay, not jellyfish, okay? She wouldn't, I wouldn't be preaching this morning. She, she, she swims into this, and at first, all it does is like, you know when you've got like a, a cut and you go into salt water, it like stings? It's just like a sting. It's not even as bad as a, a, a blue bottle. It's not like that. It's just like it's, sting, it's like stingy, but your whole body starts to get that stingy feeling. And I had a little bit too, so I know what you went through, okay? But nothing like Janet. I mean, she woke up, a, 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 she, she got home and, you know, complained about a few little like, rashes. And within three days, she looked like she had measles, but a bad case of measles. You know when a person is covered in red spots, went with her red hair, she just glowed in the dark. She just, I mean, I still found her beautiful, even with her, even with her measles. And she took a picture of her stomach and sent it to her kids, and they all like, got grossed out. You know, I mean, it was hectic. All we didn't know was if we put suntan lotion on our whole bodies, and we were covered, the sting couldn't get through. Did you hear in the prophetic word this morning, the sting of death has been broken? Did you know that you can overcome Satan's stings, his lethal injections, his lethal bites, when you have faith in the blood of Jesus? Because the blood of Jesus becomes to you what Vaseline would be as protection against jellyfish lava. So any of you traveling to the Philippines, you one wiser than we were. But my main point here is the blood of Jesus is what protects you from the enemy's sting and attack in your life. You cover yourself by believing that the work has been finished, that the blood is sufficient, that the blood is powerful. You take this, these scriptures like this and you build them into your heart and you know I come boldly without any fear or trembling into my daddy's office because he welcomes me. He's made a way to choose to see me righteous in his presence, to see me without sin and condemnation and failure. And every day is going to be a new day for me because every day with Jesus is better than the day before. There's power in the blood. Of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's. We believe that this morning. If we believe that this morning, I'm going to ask um, the, the, the uh, guys who serve the communion uh, if you could uh, come up. I see we didn't take up the offering again today. I used to get a reminder, like, you know, you still, I know we know you love preaching, but, you know, someone's got to pay for the light. So, but seriously, we can do that at the end. Let's, let's just stay focused right now. We're going to get the communion. We're going to pass it down the roads. And in a moment, we're going to share it together. Amen. Let's just stand up for a moment. Lord, we thank you. Easter speaks a greater promise of a new covenant of your blood. 
Lord, as the communion comes around this morning, we remember there's power, wonder-working power in the blood.